0: Well, welcome to the special Easter edition of the Next Steps podcast. And it's a a special edition also because for the very first time we are live. I'll tell you more about that in just a minute. Before we go too much further, what we want to do is acknowledge the fact that uh, we aren't the first fellows here in the state. We acknowledge and pay our respects to the first Tasmanian peoples as traditional owners and custodians of the land we walk on. We also pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and for their care of country, land and sea over the past thousands of years. And uh, this is an exciting moment because uh, we've got a newbie with us on the podcast, uh, my mate Chris. Uh, who was giving me a bit of stick today about something I said in the sermon on Sunday, so I thought that's exactly what we want on the on the podcast. So uh, Chris, for those who don't know him, uh, is a, a former member of Citywide Baptist. He's Now he's just a sort of hang-arounder, Citywide Baptist, and uh, he is a former missionary uh, and uh, pro- has taken a, a journey uh, where he would probably not describe himself as a Christian, but but warm, uh, and and, and uh, he's a mate of mine. Uh, and uh, Paul probably is needs no much not much introduction. Uh, he uh, is the pastor out at Levendale, one of the pastors here at Citywide, and he's also a mate. Uh, and uh, some of our regular faces can't make it today. And this is the the very first time we've done this live. So if you're watching us live on Facebook, YouTube or Twitter, any comments you uh, have uh, and put into your uh, uh, feed can and will be used against you and uh, we'll be very pleased to accept any live, live comments. So uh, Easter weekend, biggest weekend in the Christian calendar and uh, we started uh, on Good Friday and I wasn't even allowed to go. Uh, because uh, I was a close contact. Uh, Chris, uh, you you were up in what is colloquially called the, the fiefdom, uh, a, a bush near uh, at the back of whoop and uh, so you you, you watched it online, did you?
1: I, I saw most of it, I think, yeah, mate.
0: And uh, and Paul uh, managed to carry the can for us, uh, and uh, and and uh took a lead in the the good friday service it was a strange experience sort of sitting and watching uh but but mate uh it really felt like it was a special service at least through the tv um and and you came to to share on good friday the i guess trying to put us in the in the picture a bit trying to imagine what it'd be like and particularly the stuff around the the crowds that uh followed jesus What, what what was what was your heart or what you're trying to get across
2: I think what I was trying to across is i've I've been places where people have said, I wouldn't do that. That wouldn't happen. No, I wouldn't be one of those people. And it's just it's just to try and put in 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 perspective what the disciples felt, what it felt like to actually be there on that day. You know, as I said before, the week before we had Palm Sunday where everybody was there you know, cheering Jesus on, you know, this is the Messiah, this is the one that's came to save us, this is our saviour, you know, he's going to defeat the Romans, he's going to do all that stuff. And then a week later they turned on him and everything that he had said, they must have been doubting, you know, did I really see this? Did I really do that? Did this really happen? And I think what the point with the crowd was is you, you can quite easily get swept up in a crowd. And you go along with the crowd without actually knowing what's happening or why it's happening. But the other side of the coin for me was, and this is something I actually thought about more this time, is the people in the crowd were being led by the the religious leaders of the day. And you go, that's quite amazing. You You just sit there and you go, wow, they were listening to the leaders of the day. And they ended up crucifying an innocent man because of it. And you just, it just leaves you gobsmacked. And, and, and my point was, was, would we be any different? And I don't think we would be if we're honest with ourselves. You know, like the apostles, the disciples, they didn't have the Holy Spirit at that particular time. They didn't, they only had the word to go on. And if you ever read a book and go, yeah, yeah, right. That's really good. I remember that in three days later, you can't remember it. Or, you know, did that really happen? And I think that's, That's what it was, and it must have seemed like at the time that Satan had won, and I think that's the thing I was trying to get across.
0: Mm. Yeah, actually, interesting Chris, I remember uh, a couple of years ago we had a Good Friday service via Zoom and you played uh, Amazing Grace on your saxophone up there in the fiefdom. Um, how, How do you bounce off what Paul's talking about there?
1: It is interesting. As as Paul was speaking, um, I was thinking, yeah, we, we are all, we can get swept up in the crowd still very easily. You, you see that on social media, if, if nowhere else, and comments on, uh, you know, even the ABC uh, news channels and things. You see comments of people just just wanting to stack on, the, the, as we used to say in primary school, stack on the mill. I'm not sure what that means, but anyway, you know, you know, just just getting on the bandwagon. But the flip side is, those who want to, I think we're learning some critical thinking now. So I'd like to think that some of us would stand back and go, okay, I'm, I need to see more of what's happening. I'm not I'm not going to just join the throng. I'm not going to be one of those Simpsons, you know, holding holding a burning torch and wanting to wanting to burn someone. That that would be my hope, anyway
0: do you reckon do you, like I, I this is where i i i'd i'd, I'd love to think that's true but i just i i guess this is i've come out of a, a a challenging week or two and as part of my processing of it all i've been reading through my journals uh, and I, i'm just realizing how my thinking can can be all over the shop hmm. and i'm not holding myself up as the epitome of someone who you know has a together I, I just I think I'm I'm learning to trust our ability to rationally think particularly I've just, the other the other thing I've just finished talking reading is this book um stolen focus how uh how people get our attention we get our attention hacked mm-hmm. so I, I you know I, how powerful crowds are uh, uh but perhaps we've learned,
1: we've learned to create a distance between, or a space between having our minds hacked and actually entering into a, a, a mindset of, of action.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. This is what, this is what I love. Just, I didn't say probably as we were intro, introducing the podcast. The whole point of this podcast is to take what we talk about on Sunday and in this case Friday and Sunday – and work out how it works on Monday, and uh, and I, I love this this question, and and but I, I, Paul, I love what you're doing, trying to put us in that place, like because it's so easy to read the Bible and and not put yourself in, like you, you not allow them all to be human beings, like what what would you hope people were left with?
2: I think people, I want people to be left with the thought that that they are no better than the people in the Bible, you know, the, the crowd at the time. I mean, we have social media, which we can use for good, and we could research facts. But just imagine the only facts you've been told are by the leadership who are crucifying this man, and you're trying to be counter-culture, counter-intuitive to that at a time when you haven't got the Holy Spirit helping you, and you just go, yeah. know, I, I just want people to realise that maybe in some ways we, we are no different and even though we have the holy spirit now if we just look back we just go that could easily be me and then what does it mean if that was me would have i given up hope would have i been the one that just walked away like all the apostles all the disciples the 12 all were scattered at that particular time not one of them stood around peter disowned jesus three times and It was meant to be one of the strong ones. You go, it must have been so, so hard at that particular point in time. All must have seemed lost. And I think I just, that lost feeling, that that feeling Mm. of no hope, that feeling of just wanting to get off, it must have been so prevalent then. How did that, I couldn't blame for how they reacted, but how would I react was also the
1: question I wanted to raise.
0: Yeah, yeah. In, in some we ways, do you do need to, you, you we do need to remember
1: that, that they were an occupied country, so there was a lot of fear of the Romans and what they could do. So probably yeah, fear played a bigger uh, a, a, a bigger component of the of the of the crowd, the mass reaction. Just a thought.
0: Yeah, what what I, what I like about what Paul's done is lowering us into the the pain of Good Friday, like the the, the I guess the the, the to. You know, we all come and go, but we, I think we've all had moments. Uh, I think fairly regular moments of profound disillusionment and darkness, and 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 there's this picture like, and and our society isn't real comfortable with that stuff. Like, we're not good at uh, we're not good at lowering ourselves into a place where we're not victorious and ready to change the world. Like Good Friday is this this dark moment and the disciples are running off in the other directions and the crowd that we used to know what percentage of the crowd were there on the triumphal entry on palm sunday and and who, who were i that's a good question i'd like to know that um <laughs> uh, but to, to lower to allow ourselves to to be in that dark dark place i I, it's interesting, Paul. You you chose to finish with that that video. Why did that, that? It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. I, I just
2: wanted to know that. Um, I think the thing I want to get out of it is, even though it was the darkest of dark times, there's that hope. There's always hope. There's always something to hang on to, and especially for Christians, like those three days, they wouldn't have had anything to hang on to. But we know the stories and we know that there is hope. And it just, we know that Sunday's coming. We know that the victory was achieved. We know that all that happened afterwards. So even though we're down in the deepest, darkest valley of our soul, so to speak, we still have that hope. And I I suppose the other thing which I didn't get around to, and I was thinking about, you know, going down to dark places, is losing your partner, You're losing a loved one. I think that sends you down that rabbit hole as well. I think that sends you into the deepest, darkest places. And the only thing you can do is you, you have a choice. You can either look for that glimmer of hope or go backwards. And I think that's what I wanted to finish on that video was to just, at the end, realise everything went wrong, but there was still just a glimmer of hope.
0: Yeah. That's profound, Like. Right? I mean, we've all been through dark times, Chris. I know you're a mate. I know you've been through some dark times, and true. just ha- hanging on to hope matters.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. they just, uh, um, again, you know, removing it from a from a specifically Christian con- context. Just the 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 hope that there's going to be a tomorrow. You know, things mm. still have the potential to change. Um, like you know, well, like when I was mugged to unconsciousness in 2012, and I woke up and things were not in a good space. Without going to details, there, there was still, yeah, okay, you know, I, I can get through this because I've got through a lot of other stuff before.
0: Hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Hope important. And and it's not superficial. And I think that's where I, what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping for this um, podcast is that it's a place where we where we just face the truth and don't just quickly go for the bumper sticker, Uh, where where we really wrestle with this stuff. What does it mean to actually live what we talk about on Sunday on Monday? Speaking of Sunday, let's talk about Sunday. Uh, Part of the reason Chris is here, he was giving me a bit of stick about uh, one of the things I said on Sunday. So I thought, uh, what better thing to do than to bring him onto the podcast. But if if I try and start by just communicating the guts of what i was hoping to communicate on sunday always like paul you were saying you you left you know half the material still on the table from good friday It's a pretty it is always i often get to the end of a sermon think, oh gee i wish i said that or done this or it's often my experience um but but for me it was a shorter message but it was for me just wanting to ground the the whole christian story i started off with a uh, the earliest known uh, explanation of the gospel, uh, which is quite different to what, uh, when we talked through the 20th century, particularly after Bill Bright put his four spiritual laws together, um, we, we, when we talked about the gospel, that's what we kind of thought the gospel was. But when Paul talks about the gospel, he, he makes this historical claim about this happened and this happened and this happened and you can go and talk to them uh, if you don't agree with it just you know and for and, and it makes a lot more sense like the, 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 the actual word gospel is good news not good ideas uh, and so uh, we bounced off that uh, 1 Corinthians 15 passage 1 Corinthians 15 1 to 7. Uh, and at the heart of it, as we talk about uh, Easter Sunday, um, uh, there's this central claim that Jesus rose from the dead. And in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, uh, If that wasn't true, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. I like you, fairly direct. Uh, and uh, and he, and he goes on and says, Um, if the dead are not raised, Christ has not been raised. And if you if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. So he didn't he didn't pull any punches. We'll talk more about where we get to from there. But I don't know how how do you blokes bounce off of that? that um, uh, Chris, you've been on your own journey, at, sort of in the church and then sort of away from the church and then around the church, uh, and had a crack at being an evangelist. Paul, you're uh, you've been in the army. You're a pastor. Uh, you've had but in and around it you both of you blokes have been familiar with the whole idea of the the gospel and what it is and, and I, I think what we thought what we have talked about the gospel being is a little different to what paul talked about the gospel being i'm i'm chucking that out as a as a um, as a
2: statement it's interesting isn't it like what does the gospel mean to you? Yeah, that's uh, how do you interpret the gospel? Oh, I suppose my view has changed over time, which is, which is, and it's simplified. And in some ways, people would say it's almost fatalistic, but I don't look at it as fatalistic. Um. So the good news to me. I think I sum it up in that God's got it. God has it. I actually firmly hold on to that. And that's and I think I have to. Mm. And this might not be answering the question that you asked, but I think I if I explain it this way, if I look at some of the things that have gone in my life, I have a choice. I always have a choice. I lost my wife to bowel cancer when she was forty eight. Hmm. I um, had a tumor removed off my brain when I was fifty-something. I fell through a roof and lost my spleen when I was thirty-something. I have had all these injuries. You know, I had a busted appendix when I was in grade eight. I I was had to go live with my aunt for three months when I was four years old because I was so sick. And I look back through all these things that have happened in my life, and I have a choice. I can either be woe is me. Hmm. Or I can go, God's got it. And to me, yeah. that's what the gospel is. God's got it. And, yeah, I, I might not like living in the moment. I might not like living what I'm going through. But I have to trust, and that's what I hold on, and that's what gets me through is God's got it. And to, so to me, the gospel, is, the gospel is everything that happened in the Bible is true. Jesus died. He rose again. In fact, there's some stuff I, that's happened in the Bible. I go, I'm not 100% sure. But in the end, I just accept it as fact. That's part of the faith journey for me and and go, God's got it. You know, if something goes wrong in my right life, it's not God's fault. I just trust that
1: God has it. And that's mm. the gospel. Mm.
0: How do you bounce off that, Chris?
1: Yeah, well, um, I've, I've been in that place and you've invited me here to be, to be real. So I guess... And he, the simplest way of saying it is that I would see that that gospel which which Paul has just um, spoken about. I, I would see that as a meta narrative, as a as a as a broader picture of hope. Um, it actually doesn't. It, it's not as important to me whether the related facts happened or not. It it is an important story. Um, I'm still very much. Uh, a believer in God, um, a personal God, a single, you know, a monotheistic sort of thing. And I would agree, we, we've got common ground in that I also feel that God has me, um, has my life organised. I've seen, even even since I left uh, the mission field, I've seen too many things happen, too many what we call synchronicities um, to to doubt that, you know, I mean, mathematically it's it's improbable. The, the things that have happened to me, even since leaving, all those deathly, deadly sort of situations that I've, I've been in and survived. Um, so I, I I actually still find hope as well. Um, I probably just approach it from a different theological position.
0: Hmm. Well, that's why we why you're here, and and uh, that's why I, I like I like the wrestle. Uh, I, I went on and. Uh, and quoted jesus i'm fascinated this this is getting towards the stuff you're giving me a bit of curry about on the internet today um uh there's this basically this one idea that jesus communicates and he says it over and over again he says it twice in matthew once in mark four times in luke once in john and then there's other related verses in paul's writing and it's kind of the, the the core of the idea, I'll, just, or I'll read, what, uh, Matthew 16. Jesus says to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what could anyone give in exchange for their soul? And so, like I said, this is... Uh, this is uh, seems to be the core of Jesus' message, and it's not a message we quickly like. I don't, I don't find like the the idea that you are being invited to give up your life for the sake of Jesus. I don't, I wouldn't say that's quickly communicated by the church or often. Like I, maybe I'm missing that but I sometimes I feel like what we want to say is come to Jesus and your life will get better mm. but, we, but we won't yeah. quickly it, say, it to
1: be a lot stronger it was a lot stronger around the yeah you know the like the turn of the millennium
0: yeah okay how do you how do your blokes bounce off that central teaching of, of Jesus go for it <laughs> what <laughs>
2: I think uh, well, uh, the central teaching you're talking about is, um, is it die to self daily? Is that the, c- what, uh, sorry, I'm really confused about what you're actually asking. So, if you uh, well,
0: well the, I think that the, Jesus keeps saying there is this, yeah, take up your cross, die to yourself. And there's this transaction. My life, like the whole the whole picture of baptism is a picture of dying to yourself and coming up to his life. And that this is the, The core of our faith is a a core transaction of uh, being willing to die to yourself so you actually find yourself. Is this this paradox at the heart of our faith?
3: Yeah,
2: okay. I, um, I think it comes down to, and I think it just I really think it's true. I actually think it's true. Like for me, Psalm twenty-three, one, the New Version sums it up: "The Lord is my shepherd; I lack nothing." And I think that's the the nice way of saying die to yourself because God's got it under control. And I know, um, Chris, you know that's the meta narrative, but I think you've got to just live in that meta narrative. At the same time, I think you've just got to live in that big global picture. And don't sweat the small stuff. And it's yeah. so easy said. Don't get, it was really, really easy said. Um, mm. But I think dying to yourself is not sweating the small stuff. Dying to yourself yeah. is just having that that peace that that only that it's really hard to describe, and that's why they say it's indescribable. But as having that peace just that life will be tough life will be hard life will be difficult and i agree with chris i don't think that was, that's not told enough you know like it's not all sweet and a bed of roses when you come to follow jesus i, I don't think that's that's said enough but there's an underlying hope for me anyway there's an underlying hope that i have in that whole die to self
3: hmm.
2: because I, I look at my life and i, and I go I could be so bitter about it, <laughs> and, hmm. and it's a choice. I go, what's the point of being bitter? What's oh. the point of going, woe is me? And it's just trusting God, and uh, uh, to me, and that's what that's my journey is. It's just trusting God on that big, big level, and just living life. Um, that's to me, that's to me dying to self and taking up the cross. Do I do it every day? No. Do I hmm. do I sometimes want to take back control? Yes. Do I stress about some things I shouldn't
0: do? Yeah, of course, but that's that's my take on it. Yeah, I, I resonate with that, Chris. How do you bounce off?
1: Yeah, I mean, there is so much um, so much meat on the bone here. <laughs> uh, I think at one level, whatever you worship, whatever you focus on, gets you and changes you. That in itself is a transaction. Um, hmm. And and so whether you focus on the the archetypal Mother Mary, whether you focus on Jesus's um, you know absolute sacrifice as related, uh, whether you focus on the promises, yeah, it, it goes back to I think it's a Corinthians or is it? Um, you know think on these things, whatever is good, whatever is noble, etc. Hmm. And 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 just as Paul is saying, when you when you make a choice not to focus on the negatives and try to leave those bits of life that didn't work out the way you planned, and you perhaps feel shortchanged, as Paul has every right to, um, and for different reasons, probably so do I. But you hmm. can you can choose to focus okay what happened happened you know as as our good and 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 late friend used to say it is what it is um and and so you 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 can choose to let that go and focus on on those positive things the meta narratives the examples that people have left us um so so for me i mean very much you know there's there's stuff there's loneliness up here on the fiefdom for those that that don't know I'm two kilometers away from my nearest neighbor and a lot further away from everyone else. And and that's in some ways that's a negative, some ways it's a positive. But I, I get up in the morning finding reasons to be positive, and I'm still alive and I still have health and and it, it, it's all intertwined. It's not it's not neat little pigeonholes. It it it's all part of part of what life is. And, and I, I greatly appreciate the fact that I know and have been involved in the, the, the Jesus narrative and have shared that with others. And ironically, they still come back sometimes and say, Oh, look, you know, my life's been changed because of what you,
3: hmm.
1: you know, taught us about. And i go, Yeah, okay, well, that's nice. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's complex.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I love that. I, I like what you were saying before, Paul. I think I really resonate with. And this is, I think, one of the things I'm wanting people to get even from this podcast generally. I think one, a simplistic version of Christianity would say, pray a prayer and everything's okay, but it's more like you, you you start a journey that continues every single day of your life, and some days are better than others. Some days you're living more from the Jesus story and the truth of who he is than others. Um, you know, sometimes you, you're full of yourself and you're in a dark place sometimes you're not um i think that's and this is actually where you uh gave me a bit of stick on the internet chris where, where i i quoted matthew 11 and this um uh this is see i think this is the jesus saying it from a different perspective where he talks about are you tired worn out burnt out on religion come to me this is the message version of it come to me get away with me and you'll recover your life I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The actual, the actual Bible, the translation, <laughs> uh, I love the message, but it's never quite, you know, uh, where, where, where um, Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And uh, uh, one, it's interesting, one one bloke that both uh, you and I appreciate, Chris, is a, by a guy by the Richard Foster who talks about uh, spiritual disciplines. And and one of the things that uh, a good mate of Richard Foster, uh, Dallas Willard, uh, said was a, a, a spiritual uh the the yoke for the rabbis uh was their way of life their way of doing life and what jesus is actually saying here is not just he's not just using the image of a plow he's also Mm. saying i follow how i do life and it's in how i do life Mm. you'll find peace yeah yeah it's the lifestyle and And uh, a guy I was reading recently was saying, so many of us want the life without the lifestyle. (laughs) We we want the the promise of heaven without having to adjust how we live on earth. Uh, And and uh, and the the, these things called spiritual disciplines are actually foster. Richard Foster says, based on the in like most of it. Like for me, because we grew up in the the Western world, we focus on ideas, and I love the red. Bits in your Bible where Jesus is actually speaking and teaching, but the, the disciplines are how are, are the, the in between bits, how he actually lived his life, describing what he did, and and trying to very few of the spiritual disciplines that Jesus command he just lived them. Uh, and, and he's saying, Follow me, do this. And I think so, I'm rabbiting on a bit here, but I think at the heart of it is this bit this invitation to reorder your priorities and and live differently and uh, and that you find peace. There is a, a knowledge and a peace that you find in a relationship with Jesus, but I think what he is saying is you'll find much more peace as you start reordering your priorities along his way of doing life.
3: But there's a practicality in
1: that, you know. Does it does it mean you're talking about you know uh, rubber on the road and all that sort of thing? Yeah. Mm. Does it mean going to church to fellowship like it says in Hebrews, abandon not your you know fellowship of yourselves? Yeah, and and I think in in today's lifestyle which most people are living, that those priorities in the in the physical sense they're going. Sorry, you know, my I, I can't do that. I've got my family, I've got my work, I've got a rest, I've got to have a little bit of fun. They they, they would see even the simplest of those disciplines as mm, no too too hard, too demanding.
0: Yes, I think that's right, and I think that's why there's a lot of people who are sick and lonely, and like I I think this is where the rubber hits the road. I, I think Jesus is calling us to. uh to change priorities, not just uh, new ideas. I don't know. What do you reckon, Paul?
2: I was just thinking, um, you were saying, I think therefore I am or something like that you said to start off with. Um, and, and I was listening and I've been learning a bit more about Indigenous culture and history and all that. And I actually think the way we need to live is more like them. We have this Western ideal of, of living, which is this very individualistic? I think, therefore, I am. The equivalent indigenous saying is, "I relate, therefore, I am." Hmm. I think that's what Jesus is saying: "Is relate to me, and I am." You know, like, and you understand it. And I think that's that's what he's saying: relate to me, look at me, and relate me. Don't think about it; just do it. And yeah. I think, and I think, and I understand what Chris is saying. Today's society, i <laughs> Not even go at teenagers, not going to go at anybody in this, but people want community, people yes. are so desperate for forms of community, and they're just not getting it in the avenues that have been offered by the world. And I'm not, you know, and whether you believe in Christianity or not, I think out of all of this, one thing I want like people to take away is just get involved in a community of some sort. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I'd love you to know God. Of course, I'd love you to have a relationship with Jesus, but more important is just that community that people need. And I think, but, to, but it goes back to I relate, therefore I am, and I think that's where we need to get to. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I love that. Like I, Jesus didn't say, uh, "Here's my ideas." He said, "Follow me," like yeah. he he's come into relationship, and and the uh, the word for discipleship actually in English and you know, the way we use English is best actually translated as apprenticeship, which, which is which is much more about watching how the, the old bloke does it mm. and copying that rather than sitting down in a classroom and filling your head with ideas. How do you bounce off this, Chris?
1: Oh, well, I mean, absolutely. I'm totally on the page with, uh, with Paul. Community yeah, um, relationships are so important, uh, particularly because uh, social media has sold us the line that oh look you know I have four thousand seven hundred ninety two friends you know until until you die and no one turns up at your at your funeral <laughs> you know, where, where are they uh, well you know it was it was just a just a silliness it was just a, it, it was a fantasy effectively um, and we wonder why uh, taking all these plastic fuzzies if you if you understand the analogy there. Um, we don't actually feel very fuzzy or warm or related. So I'm, yeah. I'm totally on board. And, and as you know, Matt, I was part of your little community at your place when you had your home group. And I, I would still travel that distance at that expense um, if that was still going, because I appreciate mm. it. I love being part of that. Um, mm. But again, you, know, you with, with, with so little time, so little resources, what do you give up? to 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 make that a higher priority. It has to be good, you know not not just not not just have a cup of coffee and and there you go and no worries. You know that superficial level. To to, well, to give up something important out of your life for something yeah. better, it's it's got to be good. It's not just not just okay. Well, you know, gone through the motions again.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I think we just gets to the the nub of the, what I want uh, the. It's the wrestle that we keep coming up to, uh, like, and there is a paradox in it because at the same time, everyone talks about how busy they are. The average person watches thirty hours of TV a week, um, and spend spends. Um, I was like, the average young person spends seven hours a day on their phones. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: that's that's on average, so. I, no, that's not true of everybody. But I, uh, I think mm, I think most people have more margin in their lives than they feel yeah. they have. Sure. But I also think yeah. it's true. This is this is the uncomfortable th- thing. I I've, I was in my quiet time this morning. I was reflecting on the fact that Jesus said He was the way before He said He was the truth and the life. Uh, they. There was a, and I I kind of imagine three concentric circles, and that he's sort of in the middle of it. The way being your behaviour, the truth being your ideas, and the life being sort of the 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 encounter or the experience. We've been talking about church being the intersection of three circles: being worship, community, and fellowship. And I and I actually I think. In order to do the behaviour, you need fellowship. In order to live a different kind of life, like this, um, the, the the Bible talks about the world being a system, the cosmos, and and you need a different. I don't think you can change your priorities without a different kind of cosmos, sure. without a, without a bunch of mates who are also trying to live different kind of priorities. Because I, I think what you're saying is right. I think in this world. There, there is so much, so so much of your life is determined by other forces. You just don't have the space, and it's really hard. Like we're just trying to, we're working hard to try and have meals together, and it's really hard to get for for us as a church just to find time to have meals together. Yeah, this is it's this is the rubber hitting the road stuff. Like it's, this is this is what it actually means to follow Jesus. This is practical how do you reorder your world kind of stuff
1: but again we've learned we've learned to to juxtapose things and think about things and and analyze because that's that's the shape of the of, of the world we're in at the moment you don't just take it all on board so again yeah I, I can see someone else particularly with a job and a family neither of which i have at the moment thinking okay that's all very nice but I've done that and it didn't actually do a lot for me. And I'm not sure I did a lot for anyone else. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's about, it, it's got to be gold. It's got to really work. How, how much time are you going to put in waiting for it to become significant?
0: I don't know, Paul, someone, if someone threw that question to you, how would you respond?
2: Oh, I, I, there's two sides to it. Is, is one is how long do you wait? That's, that's a, Bit of string question, unfortunately. Um, And I think this is where small groups, home groups, whatever we want to call them, I think that's where they're so, so important because it's in them that you actually get that deep community. And that's what everybody... Craze deep down is a deep community. No one yeah. wants the superficial, as you said, Chris. No one's that superficial. Oh, how are you going? The weather's nice. The footy scores. Mm-hmm. This you think it'll rain next week? Nobody wants yeah. that. Um, the the other side of the coin is, how much do you, are you willing to spend of your heart, of your feelings, of your time to actually be the one that opens up first? And that's that's the challenge. Is A lot of people, and I've known this, a lot of people go, oh, I didn't go that because they weren't friendly, they didn't talk. And I'm thinking, but you never said anything. You never did it. So, you Mm. know, someone has to go first. And I think this is probably half the problem within the church is churches today is no one wants to go first. No one wants to go actually be vulnerable. No one wants to go, here, I'm going to open up and share my heart, even though it's going to hurt and cost me. No one wants to do that first. Yeah. And so how do we get people to do that? That is, the, that is the that is the question. I think if people are willing to go, I'm going to church, I'm going to a community, I'm going to do this, and I know it's going to hurt and I know it's going to cost me, but I'm willing to pay that price, mm-hmm. I think we have a completely different scenario. But to be honest, I don't think many people go to church going, wow, this is going to cost me today. I'm going to willingly mm-hmm. spend this, this emotional capital that i have on this situation i think people do that so i agree with chris in some ways but someone has to spend that capital first
3: Hmm.
1: so so matt i I know you cannot criticize me for uh, having sat back in the in the background like a little shrinking violet at your place (laughs) Uh, but also i mean that's what made the group good i think everyone did contribute um paul you missed so much you 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 haven't lived not having been part of that (laughs) Um, (laughs) it it was good it was just i could say you know it, it was a bunch of people that god brought together we were very different we were disparate but nearly everyone there contributed whether whether they were on on zoom or or in in person and that's what made it worth going to because of what what you're saying everyone was willing to to make themselves a little bit vulnerable, to, to share more than the weather and the footy and the this and the that, you know. Um, and that's what made it. You, you went home and you thought, wow, that that person, I'm, I'm thinking of Alistair, for example, you know, he'd he, he'd push back and he'd say, yeah, well, I, I, I won't even try on a Scottish accent, but, you know. <laughs> and and it was good. I went, oh, wow, i never thought of that. It, it, mm. was, it was a lovely little community. The church, on the other hand, I... Mm, it just feels
0: superficial. Well, mind you, church is obviously a bigger group and designed to be a different thing, in my view. Um, church is meant to be a place primarily of, of 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 coming together with people who you probably don't feel comfortable with. Um, but one of the questions, part of the reason we wound that group up and tried something else, is one of the questions for me is how do I build that so that's not all, so so that I'm not the centre of it um how do we build it so it's a normal experience in for everybody so that everybody's part of a group that is like you're saying uh and 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 everybody's part of a group of people who are trying to take you know some of this wrestle with jesus words about being the way who are trying to live the jesus way and wrestle with what it actually means um uh and I, I, I like so we started a book club and sort of tried to do that on a on a Monday night as part of that. But I, I don't know for you, Blakes. I mean we're sort of headed down this path. Any um as we we're, we're really wrestling with this, how how do we do what you're talking about in a way that everybody can be invited into it?
2: I uh, I actually think The home groups are really good. There's a danger in home groups that they become so clicky that they forget there's other people in the church. That's one of the dangers. But the other side of it is I was just actually thinking about church when you were saying that. We have um, citywide stories nearly every week, which is really good. But you only see a certain aspect in it. Like I can look back on the citywide stories and I go, ah. there was pain in that story. I felt the pain. I lived the pain. I relate to that pain. But all the citywide stories, you know, there's. I haven't yet to see tears in any citywide stories. I've yet to see the whole gamut of being a real person in citywide stories. So that's one example. I would say that how yeah. do we be more real? Um,
3: yeah. You, you know, like
2: we have to be vulnerable and. Unfortunately, it's the people up the front that need to be vulnerable first,
1: and we have you know, to encourage you know, more people to. You know, speak. Sorry, I just want to say, if I noticed on the on the news how often they're interviewing someone who's been through absolute hell. You know, the, the I don't know the floods and they've lost everything and, and all that, and they start crying and they go, oh, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry," you know, like it was something to be ashamed of, and that, and that's the society that's formed us.
3: Mm.
0: That is yeah. true. So, so, so what, what, yeah. So, I mean, again, for me, it looks like so I'm editing the citywide story videos and thinking, how do I cut this down to five minutes and how do we communicate this story well? And, and, uh, and I, but I hear what you're saying. Like, we, we do, we want it to be more real. And, and, uh, you're suggesting that the people up the front need to be more vulnerable. Is that, Yep. I, I think
2: people, if, if people are having a bad week or a bad day, why can't we say we're having a bad day or a bad yep. week? I've just had the worst thing happen to me, you know, and it mightn't be the worst thing in anybody's everybody's life, but for them, it's just where they are at the moment. Yep. And I, I, you know, like, and I know, and I'm guilty of this too. So I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. And I think about the prayer afterwards we have in the church, and I go. You know, if we were a bunch of real people who gave each time we went to church part of our emotional capital, our whatever you want to call it, our heart, after church the prayer pool the prayer pool would be so full because people be go, "Come <laughs> here, let me pray with you. Let me do life with you." You
0: know, like yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, it
2: was- you day, Matt. If I knew.
0: I'd write a book. Well, we're starting by doing a podcast where we ask these sort of questions together. And we get all kinds of weird characters on here, like a bloke from up the fiefdom. Um, (laughs) The respect there, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Chris, I mean, you've been watching the church from a distance. Uh, I don't know. you know, I guess what are what are your reflections? the, the heart of the, the heart of this church is to, to keep wrestling with how do we how do we do this in the real world? Yeah,
1: so, it, it's a little bit of a vicious circle. I recognise that because you know you there's there's an extent of it being like a bank where you only you can only withdraw what you put in, and I get that. And I'm I'm geographically a long way away, and I've said to you very honestly, if you know if I was living in Mornington, I'd probably drop in a lot more often. Um, as I did when I was working out of, uh, out of Cambridge and I'd, and I'd drop in. Um, so I, I recognise that. I, I still, you know, I'm, I'm 64. Um, and, and what I was saying about judging what I invest in my remaining time is probably more real for me now because I just don't have the energy. I don't have the stamina. I don't have, you know, there are less things I can do before I need time away um and and that's why i said and i recognize what paul is saying you know you, you don't want a, a click but that i think that group was a really good model of what can happen when everyone goes ready to put in and be real and mm-hmm. you know and say yeah i'm going through and i'm okay i won't use a you know those sorts of words um but, you know, who, who are real and and are able not, not just uh, oh i need i need prayer today because you know what i mean that that sort of fakey hmm. superficial. i need prayer but i've got most of my life together thank you very much you know and and the times that i've been there and i've listened in the in the little coffee space there and all the conversations i've heard and had have been superficial i've, I've thought i want to i want to find out more about you i want to but you can almost see people looking at their watches and thinking, oh, gee, I hope the lunch isn't burning. And, you know, it's just, it's not, It's not for me, it's not working. It's, at 64 hmm. and what I'm looking for and what I bring to the table ready to put into a, a relationship, That it's just not the facility there for that to, to happen. It's, it's not worth me spending 80 kilometres return journey and, a, and, and two or three hours, you know?
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah, and and again, I think I'd come back to a couple of things. One would be Sunday mornings probably aren't your best bet for that, but also saying it just stuff takes time, yeah. and, and, and certainly the cup of cup of coffee after church is notoriously not the best place to enter into deep relationship. Yeah. Same, probably. I, I I think I'd like it to be different, and I'd like yeah. to. I'd, I'd actually like to for people to come in and have a really nice couple before you get to church. In mm. into the church and bring a, bring a good cup of coffee into the building with me, but not everybody's excited about that either.
1: But you, I you know guess so. I could sit down, you could, I could, and oh, I could sit down when we haven't seen each other for months. Hmm. And if we both choose, we can both, how's it really going with you, XYZ? And you, and you do the same with me because that's already there. I'm I'm wondering why, why those things don't seem but, to happen week after week after week.
0: But I, I would. I would argue that that is the church. Like, that, that's the expression of the church. It's just that Sunday morning isn't the best place for that to happen, probably. Okay.
2: Um, oh, I was just thinking about that as you were talking Sunday morning not being the best place, Matt, and um actually reflected on how the Nepalese do church. And I know we're not Nepalese culture, but I was reflecting on the fact that their meal, they have a meal afterwards. So it's not hmm. only a worship service, it's a meal and it's a time together where you do start bonding and getting a bit deeper. And I think the problem with tea and coffee, well, for me, because I don't drink tea or coffee, so it's a problem, and i a bit <laughs> weird that way. But I think for me, because I haven't got anything to do with my hands, because I haven't got anything to do, you know, to be, I can't have those Side conversations. I can't have those conversations because I'm, I realize I'm fidgety. And so that's why meals are really great. And I agree with coffee beforehand. You know, like we should say churches, you know, for me, ideal would be we could have a four hour church from eight till 12. We'll actually spend this much in the auditorium, but we'll have eight to 12 as a church. That'd be really awesome where we go there, have a thing, you know, have a chat, have a talk, go in the church, come out and have a talk. I think. I think, you know, that's a really missional community, really. I, I understand all that. But I think that's where we get real church and real people.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah. And unfortunately, I think it would take about, you know, 12 to 18 months to get to that, even if we started tomorrow. But I think that's
0: that's that would be my vision, goal yeah. for it. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear people who are watching, hear what you think. Uh, Realise there'll be a bunch of people engaging with us after we've been live. I want to say thanks to Wendy and Annette who've been chucking their two cents worth in, and and, and others, and uh, we'll be live for just a minute or two more. So if you want to drop a note, we'd love to hear from you. So we finished Easter Sunday and uh, and Good Friday, the, the two most precious days of the Christian calendar. Interested to hear from both of you, Blake's. Uh, I don't know what 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 has Easter. Easter meant for you this year, as we as we round it out.
2: Um, Easter for me this year has meant to me a real, a, a deeper realization than ever, more deeper realization than ever, that Easter is the centre point of history. Whether you're secular or Christian, whether you're Muslim or Buddhism. Because of Jesus, we have universities, education, hospitals. We have so many things that were started by Christians that then progressed into secular. But they all started by Christians. And I go, our world is such an amazing place, all because of Christians, and it's all because of this this one person in history. And so that's what it could, that's what Easter means to me.
3: Hmm.
0: Obviously, Chris, I reckon you probably have a you've had a different experience of Easter.
1: Yeah, um, I, I literally did not leave here from physically leave the, my, my my block the whole time, um, but still watching watching what I did of your services and even even tuned in briefly for your um, dawn bizo. Um, it, it 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 brings nostalgia because. Um, you know, I've, I've taken part in a, a, a lot of Easter events, mostly overseas, when when I was a, a missionary. Um, but it it, it it does come back to relationship. It does come back to community for me, um, and things I don't I no longer share, I guess, with uh, with, with you guys. Um, but it's, it, it's hard to put into words because because. It, it, it does link in, in the sense that the people that I shared those things with life was very real and very visceral. You know, mm. there, were, there were people there living literally from day to day. Where's the next uh, you know, potato, literally potato, you know, mm. going to be there. I'd, I'd visit a house and they would have, they would spend their last dollar on, on some, some little bread roll. So they would have something to give me, you know, um, mm and And that was such an honor to be a part of that and to have them. there was no faking it. There was you know there was there was real life being shared every time I visited people and shared hmm. people. just Easter. So in that sense, Easter, the the death of self, the resurrection of hope, that was daily. Hmm. It was every day of the year. So yeah. so I think I think as I saw that this year, you, you, you challenge me, making me think about that now, um, on the spot. That, that would be it. It, it was thinking about community. It was the nostalgia that I no longer belong to anyone and no one belongs to me,
3: hmm.
1: but also that I've internalised those very deep relationships and, and I've seen real community. I've participated in real community and mutual vulnerability. Um, hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, thanks, mate. I think for me, this stuff about the yoke and Jesus inviting us to life, and uh, and there's something about being on the beach with all these other Christians on the for our first sunrise service. It was fantastic. So yeah, that that stuff's really helped focus me. And it was and the experience of resurrection on Easter Sunday because I had been in lockdown for the whole <laughs> Easter week, being free finally. He has um, risen. He has risen <laughs> indeed.
3: <green.
0: laughs> but by the way, it had a message from David Clark who said, It's nice to hear you guys talking about this. I've just reconnected with, with Rick Warren's material and I'm looking forward to joining your weekly life group. So mm-hmm. thanks, David. Nice to have you with us. Uh, well, I, I think we've got as far as we can. We've certainly done the time, but uh, I, I really appreciate you both making time to kick stuff around. And Paul, thank you so much again for jumping in on Good Friday and leading us. And uh, it really felt like it was a special service. Hearing people who were there, uh, it felt like it was a pretty important time. And uh, and, uh, and Chris, that'll uh, teach you for making rude comments on Facebook, you end up coming and joining us on a, on a podcast. But uh, So uh, for those who are, um, are watching this later or listening to this later, would still love your comments, love love your feedback, and uh, hear how you're seeing it. And again, thanks, David, Annette, and Wendy for being part of the the conversation as we went live. I'll, I think at this point we'll we'll sign off, and uh, we will uh, be back next week for another another podcast. Who knows what cast of characters will join us uh, next week.